Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for following Jesus. If we haven't met yet, my name is Tony, and I'm your host. With over a decade in the local church, I believe that through intentional conversation and dialogue, you can move closer to Jesus. Today's conversation, episode 197, is with Stephen K. Scott. Stephen is a prolific author, a businessman, and he is passionate, passionate about following Jesus. He's got a word for you. I know you're going to love his brand new resource, The Joseph Principles, is out now wherever you buy books. It's all about turning adversity and heartache into miraculous living. I think you're going to love this conversation. And if you do love it, do me a favor, hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts, leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify, and the highest compliment you can give us, share this episode with a friend. Maybe somebody who you know needs to turn this tough season around. I think this conversation will really help with that. And I think you're going to love Stephen's heart for Jesus. So now, without any further ado, let's jump into my conversation with Stephen Scott. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm so excited today to be here with uh, Stephen K. Scott, author, entrepreneur, and uh, Jesus freak, my favorite kind of person. Stephen, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, Tony. It's my honor, and thank you for having me, brother. So I always like to start macro before we get into micro, and you got a, a brand new resource out. You've written tons of books. You've created huge businesses. I, let me ask you this. If you were to describe the call that God has placed on your life, how would you say it? Uh, there's a lot of things he's placed on my life. One of them, he gives me breakthrough technologies that change people's lives, save lives, improves their health, and so on. But the most important calling is to bring people into intimacy with Christ. Hmm. Uh, when they come into intimacy with Christ, they come into intimacy with the Father at the same time. The only definition of eternal life in the entire Bible is found in John 17, where Jesus said, and this is eternal life. Now he's going to tell us that they might, and in the Greek, intimately know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal life doesn't begin when we die. It doesn't, uh, it really begins as we move into intimately knowing uh, the Father and the Son. Now, Jesus, there's a trick there. Jesus said, quote, only the Son knows the Father and those to whom he chooses to reveal him. So the only person in the entire universe that knows the Father is Jesus Christ and the people that he reveals him to. And you think, mm. oh, great, am I ever going to be one of those chosen that he reveals him to? Well, the good news is he, he gave us 1,900 statements that are recorded in the Gospels. Over 100 of those are about the Father. So, yes, he's already revealed the Father, both in his life and his teachings. But the problem is, for the last 1,800 years, Christianity hasn't been focused on the teachings of Jesus Christ. So, today, we have believers that and even Christian leaders that I've had the joy of ministering to, most of them do not know what Jesus said. They know a few things he said, but he said a lot. 
a yeah. lot, 1900 statements. If you want to know how much that is, it's 98 pages, single space, 12 point type. Okay. I know. Cause I did it. And that's, <laughs> that's what those red letters in your Bible amount to single space, 12 point type, 98 pages. I would say the average believer I meet maybe knows 25 things Jesus said. Wow. Okay. And yet his words he made 21 promises about his words that he didn't make about the rest of the Bible. And his words are spirit. Here's what separates his words from everything ever spoken by mankind. He said, my words are spirit and they are life. Hmm. Today we have, we live in the information age, Google anything. And instantly you have 2 million things you can look at, uh, information out the kazoo. Jesus' words aren't just information. They're his spirit and his life. And as we meditate on his words, he infuses his spirit and his life into our spirit and our life. And mm. I know so many believers that get discouraged, depressed, despairing. Uh, I have a ministry with people who've lost children. And I didn't intend for that. I don't seek it out. God just drops them right in front of my path. And like the good Samaritan, I can't just leave them there bleeding and dying on the street. I have to minister to them because Christ has shown me what the answer is and how to, how to let them grieve, which is a godly emotion, but how to keep grief from enslaving them and becoming a horrible, relentless, unforgiving taskmaster mm. because when you lose a child grief takes over your life it's it hijacks your heart your mind your soul your spirit and every day you wake up grieving you grieve all day you go to sleep grieving uh you wake up throughout the night grieving and you're right back where you were and it's a horrible horrible cycle that the adversary uses to render believers effectiveness. And God showed me the answer clear back in 2009. And so far it has set free every single person that I've ministered to who's lost a child. So anyway, I'm sorry, off the subject. I like it. <laughs> so calling is, is to bring people into intimacy with the father because that was Jesus calling. And what sure. am I? I'm just a sheep. A dumb sheep who trusts in his shepherd. And my shepherd is perfect. He knows everything. He knows what lies around the corner. I don't. Well, let me ask you this, because I, I think there's probably somebody listening right now who's like, okay, Stephen, well, I mean, you've done all this work. You've, you've figured out the statements of Jesus. You've put in the time. Um, you've got kind of this experience, but I don't have your kind of faith. If you were going to talk to someone who's on a treadmill or pushing a lawnmower right now or riding in their car on the way to work, what's the number one thing they can do, the number one thing that you did to go from being um, somebody who's watching Jesus to somebody who's following Jesus? And not just following, but coming into intimacy. See, my partner in, for 26 years in one of my businesses is Chuck Norris. I, I created a company uh, that sold total gyms on TV. 
with Chuck and Christy. And so the world knows about Chuck. You ask anybody in the world, they know about him. He was watching. Of course. Okay. But if he saw one of my kids in the airport, he'd put down his luggage, run over, grab him, give him a big hug, lift him in the air, kiss him on the cheek. Why? Because our families come into intimacy with Chuck. That's what God wants. He doesn't want us just to know about him. He wants us to come into intimacy. That's what the Joseph principles is all about. In the Joseph principles, we use the life of Joseph. He had 12 attributes that every believer would love to have. The guys on the lawnmower would love to have his level of faith, his ability to hear the whispers of God, his intimacy with the Father, his level of success. He batted a thousand. He's the only mm. businessman in history I've ever read about who batted a thousand. Okay. Now I knew a guy in television. I was in television for 35 years. My best friend in, in Hollywood was Michael Landon. He batted a thousand in that area, but other businesses in his life, he failed at. Joseph never failed. Wow. So We'd love to have those attributes. We'd love to have his faith in the, in not just a faith in God, but a faith in a God that is both sovereign and loving in spite of horrible circumstances. Okay. That's what we would love. The good news is now Joseph had it. And in the Joseph principles, we take a look at his life. His life shows us these principles, but he never told us how we could have them. Jesus right. gave us step-by-step instructions. You know, J- Jesus' disciples said, Lord, increase our faith. We don't have enough faith to forgive seven times. Jesus said, you don't have any faith. Forget, hmm. increase your faith. Your faith isn't even the size of a mustard seed. All you have, you know what, what real faith is? It's hearing and doing what Jesus said. Their response should have said, Lord, we don't know how we're going to forgive, but we know you won't give us a command without giving us the grace to perform that command. So I'll, I'll go ahead and I'll forgive seven times for the same offense. And then when he says seven times 70, okay, Lord, I'll change that to 490 times in a day. I'll do that because you commanded me to do it. So I'll do it. Guess what? We take the step on the water and the water becomes solid under our feet. Mm. See, Peter wouldn't step out of the boat until he had a command from Christ. He said, Lord, command me to come to you, and I will come. He wasn't going to step out without a command. And Jesus gave him one word command, come. And he stepped out of that boat, and the water held him up. Physically changed. The laws of physics change because he stepped out on the water. Okay, that's our Christian life. Now, if you don't know what Jesus said, you can't step out on faith. So the person, we have an entire chapter on faith. See, all, all of this is the teachings of Christ. So one of the chapters on is on faith. How do I grow specific faith? Not general faith. Not mm-hmm. I believe in God. I believe in Christ. Okay. Not that kind of faith. That's easy. But the faith to live in the moment that I'm in with Christ and the people he puts in that moment. So we have a chapter called, uh, uh, let's see, where is it? I'll find it right here. Uh, Oh, 
God makes the deposits. It's here somewhere. Uh, God's love language. Oh, here it is. Miracles every day. Because we can have miracles every day. God makes the deposit. We write the checks. That's all faith is. Yeah. Faith is knowing what's in the bank account and writing a check on it. But today, Christians, and I'm talking even Christian leaders. Oops, sorry about that. Even Christian leaders don't know what Jesus said. He made 1,900 statements, my dear brother. They're recorded in the Gospels. Gave us 153 commands. Most people think he gave us, you know, three. Love the Lord thy God with all our heart, mind, mind and soul. Thy neighbor is thyself and a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I gave you. Well, the first two are out of the law, so they don't count. He embraced mm -hmm. them, but that, those weren't original to him. The other one, the third one was, but that's one of 153. Hallelujah. So hallelujah. Growing, Let's look, man. We're going to church right now. I'm here for all of it. Okay. Growing your faith is as simple. That means non-complex as simple as reading what Jesus said and starting to meditate on those daily. Okay. On his statements. Yeah. And I, we can talk about tools that allow you to do that. But you meditate on his statements. You think about him, pray about him. I go to sleep every night for the last 16 years listening to the Gospels. Have a little earpiece in my phone, kiss my wife goodnight, and uh, start to play. And it's the last stuff I hear. I wake up three or four times in the night for 30, 60 seconds, and I hear him again. And, uh, and so what happens, Jesus identified 11 ministries of the Holy Spirit. One of those ministries, and we get into that in the chapter on faith and the Joseph principles, one of those is uh, of the Holy Spirit. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance whatsoever things I've said unto you. Hmm. So I don't have to, people think I've memorized hundreds of Christ statements because I can quote them verbatim when I need to, but I haven't memorized one of them. I memorized John 3.16 when I came out of uh, atheism, and uh, that was 58 years ago. But all the rest, I just meditate, and the Holy Spirit performs this glorious ministry. You tell me, hey, something terrible just happened to my child. How could a loving, sovereign God let that happen? The Holy Spirit, if, you're, if you do this, will instantly whisper a statement of Christ. The one that he whispered the other day for me when, a, when one of my dear friends lost his son. Uh, just happened Saturday uh, was uh, not a uh, not even a sparrow falls from the tree apart from the will of your heavenly father hmm. even the hairs on your head are numbered so don't be afraid uh, you are more valuable than many sparrows and so uh, you want to grow your faith it cannot happen without getting into Christ's words not Bible study, Jesus' words. That's why Paul said, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, some translations translate that uh, and hearing by the word of God. Sorry, that's not what it says in the Greek. It doesn't use the word theos. It uses the word Christos, hearing by the word of Christ. The apostles finally learned that. And that's what they went out proclaiming. They didn't proclaim their teachings and their voice. They proclaimed 
the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. What do we proclaim? We proclaim, and I love the scripture. Realize I've spent 58 years studying the scriptures. I've written books on it. I love the Psalms. I love, there was a period of my life a while back where I went through a trial and I spent nine months in the book of Psalms, okay, mm. for ministry to that. But, but Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So when I read the words of Christ, I not only get the information and the answers I need, I get his spirit and his life. So Joseph principles, the, the subtitle is um, turning adversity and heartache into miraculous living. That's what we saw in the life of Joseph. So we have chapters in here on how to forgive the unforgivable. Uh, People misunderstand forgiveness, completely misunderstand forgiveness. So we clear it up. We show what Jesus taught on forgiveness. Uh, how to, how to uh, break free from bondage to grief. Okay? Hmm. It's okay to grieve. It's just not okay for grief to become the master of your heart because Jesus said no man can serve two masters. He'll love the one, hate the other. You can't serve grief and Christ at the same time. You can grieve and serve Christ at the same time, but you can't serve grief. Well, when grief is in the throne of your heart uh, and robs you from the moment, most people, Tony, live their waking moments are either in the future or the past. 50% of your time awake. Now, future isn't just six months from now. Future is what's for lunch. Future is, what am I, I going to do after this interview? Uh, future is, uh, is my boss going to fire me? Is my wife going to be happy with me when I get home tonight? That's moving into the future. Christ tells us not to do that. Past can be, I can't believe she said what she said before I got in the car today. It can be, I can't believe that guy canceled my appointment. I can't believe I'm not, okay, Past is any time that's not in the present moment. Future is any time that's not in the present moment on the front side. Guess where, what? We have a chapter called Turning Off the Power of Your Worries, Fears, Stress, Anxiety, Sorrows, Regrets, Discouragements, Anger, Bitterness. And it's, we show you, it's a power switch. And the power switch brings you right into the present moment. There is no fear in the present moment. Hmm. Fear is always about the future. Uh, hmm. There is no regret in the present moment. Regret's always about the past. So we show you the red flags that tell you where you are right now in the moment you're in. Because God doesn't dwell in either of those. He doesn't dwell in the future or the past. He dwells in the present moment. All miracles happen in the present moment, but we miss the present moment. We miss the presence of God. We miss the miracles in the moment when our mind is drifted left or right. And so what we do, we show you the red flags, like if you're worrying or anxious. Okay, I had a lady tell me today on the phone right before this interview that she and her husband are struggling financially. She doesn't know how she's going to pay her bills. Okay, future Okay, that's not the moment yeah. we're in. We're in a more important moment than that. And so we show you the red flags. They show you where we're at. And then Jesus gave us three red uh, reset buttons. So you can instantly push those buttons and it brings you 
instantly into the moment. The moment you're in the moment, it's you, God, and whoever else shares that moment with you. And it, this one concept is so life-changing. When I teach on it or preach on it, I'll see people the very next day and they'll say, it changed my, it changed my night last night. Yeah, of course mm. it does. It changes who you are to your children, who you are to your spouse. Uh, ladies, you wanna you want your husbands to listen? Teach them how to come into the moment, and all of a sudden they'll hear you. They will hear things they've never heard before. They'll see things they never saw before. So we have an entire chapter on how to come into the moment with Christ. Hey guys, just pausing this conversation with Stephen to remind you about the Spirit and Truth Substack. It's kind of a newsletter bloggy thing where we put out spirit-led leadership content twice a week. In addition to that, we have a podcast just for the Substack. So to get connected to that, go to spiritandtruth.substack.com. spiritandtruth.substack.com. Stephen, I'm, I'm curious. Like th This is such a transformational book. It's a big book Like in terms of like uh, th this is deep thoughts about Jesus. Um, how, how do you know what God wants you to write in a book like this? Uh, he gives me a vision. Okay. See, my whole life, I, I, I was in television for 35 years. I'd find breakthrough products, marry them to a celebrity. I had 92 celebrities under contract. I had Charlton Heston, Tom Selleck, Michael Landon. Uh, uh, there's a few I shouldn't say, but Jane Fonda, Cher, uh, but anyway, a little bit of everybody, <laughs> I, a little bit of everybody. I had Academy award winners, Grammy award winners, uh, hall of fame athletes. I had all these different people on different projects and I did over a thousand projects in my lifetime. Hmm. Uh, my competition, I would do with a marketing department and production department of five people. I would do what my competitors had anywhere from 150 to 300 people doing. Wow. And yet we would out, we'd outperform them. Why? Because we start with a vision. So there's a whole chapter in the Joseph Principles on gaining a vision. It's called uh, it's called the birth of your visions. How do I give birth to a vision for what I want? Proverbs tells us without a vision, the people perish. Well, the converse of that is just as true. With a vision comes new life. Yeah. Well, I will get a vision for what God wants me to communicate. That's where it all starts. And we show you how to go through a process called the vision mapping process so that your your vision is uh, we, we compare it to a Google map. You've got the destination. I just did a driving trip with my son uh, from Utah to California. And uh, so Google gives us our destination was was. Uh, Chico, California, where my sister lives. And uh, we had to go through Nevada and everything. So Chico, we put that down. We show our current location. And then Chico gives us a map to get from where we are to where we want to be. And it's got intermediate places and different highways and stuff. Well, that's a vision map. So you start out, you gain a vision. Say, uh, uh, say that a, uh, a, a woman or a man wants to have uh, more faith. They want to see a life where they have more faith so they can have miracles. Okay. That becomes my destination. Where am I at now? A life of little faith. 
Okay, so this is where I'm going to be. So what goals have to be accomplished for me? what intermediate stops? Well, obviously, if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, one of the goals that has to start right away, I got to start getting immersing into my mind mm. the statements of Christ. See, that's step one of goal one. Well, that's actually goal one. Then I, we break that down into steps. Okay, I've got to get the Gospels in front of me, or I've got to get a book called, um, this one is called The Greatest Words Ever Spoken. And it's every statement of Christ broken into uh, 225 topics. And so if I want to increase my faith, I turn to promises of Christ. And there I would find 80 conditional promises where Jesus says, if you do this, I'll do that. You do this, the Father will do that. You do this, the Holy Spirit will do that. Real simple. Okay. Yeah. So what do I do? I go ahead and I do that. Or I look at a command of Christ. Pray for those who persecute you or despitefully mm. use you. We can pray for anybody. I can pray for my political enemies, you know, that God will take them out of office. No, I'll, I'll pray. <laughs> I'll pray that they, uh, they come into relationship with Christ because very few of them really have relationship with Christ. I can pray for their transformation. But anyway, so we show you how to create a vision map for the important things in your life. Uh, so it might be, a uh, a relationship with a spouse that, where there's better understanding and communication that becomes the goal or the dream. Then we create intermediate goals. Then we break goals into steps and steps into tasks. And we do task one. The neat thing about getting into the words of Christ, they are so pragmatic. People think Jesus was religious and theological. There was that little aspect of him. That's like the outer crust. But he was far more pragmatic. Uh, for example, he says, uh, do you not say there are four months and then come the harvest? Mm. Used to procrastinating. I tell you, look up. Behold, the harvest right in front of you. Right in front of you. And start harvesting right now. So, Tony, right now, you're my white field. Uh, your listener or viewer is my white field. You're right there. So my command from Christ is to harvest what's in front of me. And, um, and when we come into the moment and do that, we see miracles. You know, I, I've already had a miracle with you and you don't even know it. Before we started talking, you said, my heart is discipleship. Well, I know how to make disciples because Jesus told me how to make disciples. And I, I've got a book I'm working on that's about disciple making. It's about becoming a disciple. But honestly, the Joseph Principles... When you get come into intimacy, see, we all know about Christ. Like everybody knows about Chuck Norris. Okay. Right. Uh, at the height of syndication, he was watched by 1.2 billion people a day worldwide, three times in Russia. And so people know about Chuck. Chuck's been my business partner for 26 years. We have a relationship where we're actually united on so many things. We're, we're, we can identify we're in union. That's what Christ wants to bring with us. He doesn't want you to be on the outside knowing about you, him. 
He wants you to come into intimacy with him. That's really the number one goal of the Joseph principles isn't that you get to know more about Joseph. Joseph's less than 5% of the book. The goal of the book is that you come into intimacy with Jesus Christ Mm. and the specific steps to get there. That's 99.9% of the book, actually. And you'll see it once you do it. Uh, The first review on Amazon, it just came in. The book's only two weeks old, but the first review came yesterday. And the woman said, this is the greatest book I've ever read. uh, And I I disavow that statement. Uh, She needs Hmm. to spend more time in the Gospels. But she said it answered. She said, I'm uh, in 2020, I lost my 23-year-old daughter. Hmm. And this has answered every question. She said the chapter on grief and then the chapter on something else. And then she referred to chapter 13 and chapter 13 is the most challenging chapter in the book. Man, that's one that's meant for people that are serious about Christ, really super serious. Chapter 13 was the very first teaching I ever heard my best friend Gary Smalley give back, you know, almost 50 years ago. And that's what Gary and I into relationship. It was on Philippians chapter two, have this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, regarded not equality with God, a thing to be clutched onto, but emptied himself and being found in the appearance of a man, took on the form of a bondservant, was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And it's about surrendering your rights, your perceived rights. That's the last chapter on purpose. (laughs) And yet that's the one she goes, oh my goodness. And this one couple that I've been counseling, he's on the SWAT team in Orange County. Mm. Uh, California. He's their top sharp sharpshooter. And uh, I've been, been had a ministry with him and his wonderful wife. And when he got to that chapter, it's like he became a new person. He said, Steve, this, everybody needs to read this. This mm. really sets us free. Yeah. Guess what Christ said? He said, I've come to set the captive free. Yeah. And yet we have so many followers of Christ that are slaves, slaves to grief, slaves to sin, slaves to addiction, slaves to fear, slaves to anxiety, slaves to worry. Uh, Jesus came to set them free. But it's not, when, when I'm working with a person with grief, and you'll see this in the chapter, I tell people who've lost children, our goal isn't to set you free for the rest of your life. That's silly. That's not a goal. Hmm. Our goal is to set you free in the moment you're in. So you can use this same, these same steps I'm going to give you. You can bring into any moment of your day and have freedom at that moment. Cause that's, you can only make Christ the master of your moment. You can't make him the master of your life because you're not going to live your life for a long time. There's a lot in front of you, but you can make him master of the moment you're in. And that's what we teach in the Joseph Principles. I love your passion for it and the way that you talk about it and the, kind of the, the approach to all of it. 
seems so um, attainable for all of us. I, I am curious, you do a lot of different things in the church world, you do a lot of different things in the secular world. How do you bring your faith with you everywhere you go and not get quote-unquote canceled in the world that we live in today? Uh, you know what? It's pretty easy for me, and I'll tell you why. Bob Jones, uh, who had Bob Jones University, my pastor, uh, back when I was in college, he was he taught out of the Greek New Testament, the Hebrew Old Testament. He'd had 12 years of Greek, nine years of Hebrew, and was a PhD from Dallas Theological. And... Um, and he went to Bob Jones and he gave me, he gave one quote of Bob Jones that I've never forgotten. It's the only one I know, but it's a great one. Bob Jones was asked by reporters, Dr. Jones, how do you separate the sacred part of your life from the secular part? And his answer was the perfect answer. Quote, I don't. For yeah. the believer, all things are sacred. Right now, this moment with you, my dear brother, is as sacred as if I were in Jerusalem and mm. at the Wailing Wall, okay? Because I'm in the moment with Christ, I'm in the moment with you. In fact, I have a podcast called Knowing, uh, what do we call it now? We call it Knowing Him. I'm going to do a, what do you call it, uh, TikTok short bursts called uh, three minutes with G two minutes with Jesus, because wherever two or three are gathered together, there will I be in their midst. You and I, and Jesus makes three. So he's in our mm. midst. And uh, how can we have him in our moment? That's what the book's about. The book is about reality. I'll, I'm re real. I'm transparent. I tell the truth. Okay. So somebody says, um, you know, how do you find breakthrough products? I don't have to lie and say, well, I, you know, I've hired a, a team of 50 people to go out looking. No, I pray about it. And God, is this really a breakthrough that what just came across my desk? Or is it just another product? Because I'm not interested in products. Go to Walmart, go to Costco, buy any product you want. I'm interested in things that, tr that truly uh, are true breakthrough products that change people's lives. And when I change a life for the better, guess what? They, they trust me when they trust me. Can I tell them about the Lord Jesus? Of course. I tell people, Tony, I'm a federal express guy. Hmm. Okay. I deliver the packages. That's all I do. God drops a technology into my lap that saves people all over the world. Literally, literally saves people from terrible things. Uh, I didn't create that. I didn't even write this book. God, the Holy Spirit wrote the book. All I did, I'm, I just, uh, you know, I can type real fast, but I'm a Federal Express guy, I deliver. So when I deliver a package that saves your mother's life, don't give me a hug, give the guy a hug that gave me the package. And in my case, that's the Lord. Hmm. Now, I, I know that my, um, my audience loves to pray. Mm. They love to be um, kind of, they, they love to stand with the, the, our, our family on the podcast. Um, as this book is going out into the wilderness, it's getting, reaching the hands of more and more people. 
what's the prayer that we can give to this book? Um, you, you know, what, what's the, what, what are we asking God to do with it? We're asking him to bring people into the reality of what they need to do to come into intimacy with the son, come into intimacy with Jesus and everything else will take care of itself. But you can only do that Christ's way. Christ actually gave us his formula for intimacy. Listen, listen to two things. Jeremiah 9, 23, 24. Uh, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the strong man glory in his strength. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and intimately knows me, the Lord God, who exercised mm. loving kindness, justice, and righteousness on the earth. For I delight in these things. So God's number one, number one priority for you, for me, and every person listening or watching is that we come to understand who he really is and come into intimacy with him. Jesus, like I say, took it one step further in John 17, 3, when he equated it with eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they might intimately know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. But how do we do that? How do we move there? Guess what? Jesus had to tell his disciples how to have intimacy with him and the Father after he left their physical presence. Guys, mm. I'm going away. I'm not going to be here. But good news, we can still have intimacy. Here it comes, John 14. And we get it. We have a whole chapter, a whole <laughs> chapter of the Joseph principles. It's, uh, let me cut to the chase and give you the chapter. If I can find the table of contents here. What's that chapter called? It's, uh, oh, God's love language, chapter five, chapter six, God's love language. Christ promises intimacy with the Father and with himself to anyone and everyone who will use his love language. Hmm. Now, my love language, I've read Gary Chapman's book, my love language is words of affirmation. So you offer me a Rolex watch. Somebody else says, Steve, I heard the interview and I can't tell you. God really spoke to me. I will feel more joy and more love from that person than I will from Tony who just gave me the Rolex watch. Yeah. Okay. Because that's my love language. Well, God has a love language and it's not <laughs> worship. It's not praise, though he delights in praise and worship. I'm not saying that. But his love language is revealed by Christ himself. John 14, 21 through 24, here's what he said. He said, he who has my commands and keeps them, he it is who loves me. Mm. And he who loves me, here comes the intimacy, my father will love and I too will love, and I will reveal myself, manifest myself, show myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, saith unto him, Lord, how are you going to manifest yourself to us? What about the world? Now, here comes yeah. the broad statement. This is glorious. Jesus said, anyone. So that's man, woman, boy, girl. We can teach our children a five-year-old an eight-year-old, my grandkids, we can teach them how to use God's love language. 
Yeah. Here it comes. Anyone who has my, now uses a different word, teachings and obeys them, my father will love him and we will come to him and make our, in the, it's in the Greek, it's in the aorist sense, make our continual dwelling place with him. Yeah. So Christ will dwell with you in that studio. If you're in a plane, he'll dwell with you there. If you're on a life raft because the plane crashed and you ended up in the Pacific Ocean, he'll dwell with you there. But what's the condition? He who has my teachings and keeps them. Hmm. We've made Christianity about Bible study. Jesus didn't. I'm sorry. Yeah. Jesus made it about himself, about the Father, about the Holy Spirit, and about hearing and doing what he said. That's why the line in the sand, Matthew 7, 21 through 23, or 24 on, you know, he said, this is where he said, and I'll declare unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Therefore, here it comes. Therefore, he who has my sayings, my words, my teachings, and does them. I will compare him to the wise man who built his house on the rock. Rains fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house, but the house stood firm, for it's built on the rock. The rock here isn't Jesus Christ. According wow. to Christ, the rock here is hearing what he said, and by faith, empowered by grace, doing what he said. And he goes on to say, and he who hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, I'll liken him to the foolish man who built his house on the sand. So sand and rock, hmm. see, we all come back to the words of Christ. And uh, that's what that's how we come into intimacy with the Father and the Son. We hear and do what Jesus said, and then God loves us in a way that we can't even imagine. And that was the message of God to the three disciples, John, Peter, and James, at the transfiguration. Hey, yeah. You got Moses and you got Elijah, but don't you dare make a monument to them. Jesus is my son. Mm. Son, he's not a prophet. He's got to die so the prophets can have eternity with me. This is my son. Hear him. He's wow. the final word, Hebrews 1, 1 through 3. Okay, so that answers your question. What do I want <laughs> I want people to come to know Jesus Christ more intimately and the Father, because that's where reality is. We're leaving, losing people in churches. Christian parents yeah. are discouraged because their kids turn their back on them and walk away when they get into college. Hey, guess what? People will walk away from an in institution. They won't walk away from their best friend. Amen. Somehow Amen. Jesus can be their best friend and all life changes but they want to see that he's your best friend too. So better come into intimacy because otherwise it's just religion and people flee religion like crazy. So. Amen. Dude, I, I love your passion for this brother. I think it's so good. Um, I know my listeners are going to want to follow you on the interwebs. They're going to want to know when your next book's coming out. What's the best uh, way to learn about all that God is doing through your ministry? Okay, a uh, little bit, stephenkscott.com. That's a start. Okay. Um, yep. 
we have a podcast. I've only got 12, I think 12 or 13 of them so far because our business is exploding so much. I haven't been in, but that's called knowing him. So you can, uh, if you go yeah. to my website, you can get right into knowing him. It's all on there. And we'll link to all that on the show notes too. We'll be able to make sure that people can go yeah. and subscribe on, this, on iTunes. Do this for now. This is critical. This is really critical. This is going to show you no matter where you are in life and in your walk with Christ, this is going to bring you, if you do the things that you're going to learn in this, the teachings of Christ are in here. Over 100 statements of Christ are in this book. Mm-hmm. Okay. Only, only a couple statements of Joseph are in the book and, uh, but it's life changing. It's transformational because Christ's words, when they come into our spirit and they move his spirit and life into our spirit and life, they change who we are. So I love it. I love it. Okay. Last question. I always love to ask people. It's an advice question, except I get to take you back to a particular season in life. Okay. And so what I want to do is I want to take you back to the day after you came to Christ. Yes. So you were an atheist, you came to Christ. If you could pull a chair in front of that younger version of yourself, hold his hand, look him in the eye, what's the one piece of advice you're going to tell him? I'm going to say Jesus isn't a religion. He is the same God who created the universe, and he wants to be your best friend. And mm-hmm. I want to show you how to come into friendship with Jesus. I did that with a 17 year old atheist last December. Today, he is loving Jesus so much. He can't stand it. He's read the, already read the new Testament cover to cover. He's read mere Christianity cover to cover. Wow. And he just all his final question to me after three different meetings, I said, do you have any other questions, Andrew? He says, yeah, one important one. I said, what's that? How can Jesus become my best friend like he's your best friend? Hmm. That's what I want. Jesus Christ has been my best friend for 58 years. I've turned my back on him sometimes for years at a time. And he's never turned his back on me. I've broken hundreds of promises to him. He's never broken a single promise to me. He is. He is everything I need in life and a whole lot more. Amen. Amen. Stephen, thank you so much for the generosity today, for your passion, for your heart, for this uh, resource that everyone needs to go pick up, the Joseph Principles, available wherever you buy books or check them out on his website, stephenkscott.com. Thank you so much, Stephen. Okay, brother. Lord bless you. Man, guys, what a great conversation with Stephen. I know you love his heart for the Lord. I think his practical application is incredible. I think that there are so many gifts in this conversation. Do me a favor, share it with a friend. Make sure you hit subscribe button so you don't miss future conversations. And as always, I'm thankful to be in this community with you as we all do our very best to move closer to Jesus. Remember guys, if you want to follow Jesus, you must be willing to move.